0: I've decided to bring this podcast to you guys completely commercial-free because I think it's one of the most important podcasts that I've ever recorded. It's with Kamal Ravikant, who wrote the book Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. I've rarely ever met a person who's poured more of his own blood and sweat and effort and intensity into a project that he knows is going to benefit the world as much as Kamal did with this book. And this podcast was just a beautiful opportunity to share his work, work that's deeply impacted my own life in ways that will continue to impact my life for the existence of Aubrey in this material plane, because self-love is the foundation of pretty much everything it's the harbor from all of the emotional storms that we might face and it's the moorings that keeps us intact so definitely check out this podcast it has a ton of functional and actionable processes for actually turning self-love from an abstract idea into an actual pragmatic practice that you can do every single day so please enjoy this podcast with Kamal Ravikant come on my friend Welcome. Thank you, Aubrey. It's really a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure to get to spend time with you. And and this book that you wrote has been one of the most significant books I've ever read in my life, if not the most significant. And I'm sure we'll cover a lot of stuff in it. But I want to start off, the book is called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on it. I want to start off by asking you, when was the first moment where you realized that you didn't love yourself?
1: You know, it's funny. I never used to think about the fact about loving myself. I just wasn't that guy. Yeah. Uh, No, I was not that guy. Uh, the thing about loving myself, actually came when I hit rock bottom and I really hit bottom. And it was a desperate attempt to save myself. And you and I talked about this, the power of commitment, how I really fundamentally believe in the power of commitment and making commitments to yourself. You gotta keep them. And in this desperate moment, I made this vow to myself
0: but how did you even know that the, that the rock bottom was caused because you didn't love yourself
1: I didn't you didn't I was at bottom like my company had fallen apart I lost everything I was really sick I was miserable I was depressed and I was just like one one morning or one night I remember it was dark I remember that and you know metaphorically <laughs> the, the, and the dark night yeah of the soul, perhaps and I just got in my bed and I'm like I can't do this anymore uh-huh. I'm either gonna get out of this or die trying and I walked over to my journal and I wrote grabbed my pen and I wrote, I, I knew I had to make a vow to myself to get out of this. I didn't know what. Mm-hmm. And I just sat down and I wrote, and I vowed I, I, I vow to, it was freehand, right? I vowed to love myself. And I, you know, it was a longer vow, but it, it was about loving myself. Where that came from, I had no idea. I still don't. It was a primal, it was a pure primal vow. It came from like a deep place of literally I was trying to save myself. And when I realized that, what I'd done, I was like, okay, I don't know how to do that. Mm. And I got to figure out because I made a commitment to myself. And, and a vow to yourself is a sacred act. Yep. You know, you, you do that, you keep it, and life will change. And I have to figure out how to do it. And I knew I had to work on my internal self. It wasn't about taking
0: bubble baths and, you know, like...
1: Right, that's what a lot of people think. They're <laughs> yeah, like, ah, yeah.
0: just get a massage, take a vacation. And that's nice. It's self-care. It's self-care. Yeah, It's not self-love. There's no, a difference. self-love is... It's related, inter- but it's different. It's a, com- it's an
1: internal thing. It's a mindset. It's where you... It's a belief. It's a rock solid belief where your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions rise from. If they, If they rise from there, then your life rises from there. Obviously, this I've learned after the fact. I didn't know right. in the moment
0: right because in the moment it was either i mean you talk about in the book you talk about you were having thoughts about your friend's handgun
1: oh yeah oh yeah
0: and like it was that serious that rock bottom and i think for most of us i think those thoughts have flashed through our head you know a few times at different rock bottom points of our life like maybe just hit the reset button but the other option was to do something equally drastic but positive to save yourself and then that equally drastic but positive was that vow to love yourself. But I think it's really very interesting that you actually came to that conclusion, which I believe is actually the best solution to most rock bottom situations.
1: It really is, you know, look, we're, we're human beings, right? And fundamentally, like the mind, we're stuck with the human mind, this this monkey brain that runs around on this untamed horse, right? The details differ, but I think the core is the same. And fundamentally, it's 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 fear and love. You know, mm. the cliche that we hear about, and you and I talked about this. I had a literal near-death experience, you know, like a little over two months ago, and that's mm-hmm. what I experienced, because it was trauma. It's like the only things that came up were fear and love, fear and love. And those are the primary motivators. And those are
0: the two opposing forces of the universe, really. Yeah. In some ways, you know.
1: And what I've also learned is like, look, you can't fight fear. You know, like fear, you know, it's, it's a concept that I've I've learned is that, you know, light and darkness. Like you can't fight darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. So what you do is you work on the light, you bring the light in and that takes away the darkness. Yeah. And so that's something I actually really learned on my, on my own and trying to save myself was if I worked on the light, it would take care of the rest. Mm. And that's love. Love is ultimately light. Like when you, when you feel love, you feel light. There's a, there's, a, there's a lightness inside, You know, for lack of a better word, but uh, it's a fundamental
0: truth. It is, and do you think so you know you weren't coming in without any knowledge of this subject because you as we talked about yesterday you've been engaged with ayahuasca since 2003 yeah which was i mean i thought i was early in 2010 (laughs) but 2003 was way early and i know during those experiences you experience you know certain aspects of that self-love or the personal power which is something we talked about which is related because it's the authenticity of your true self but so that, do you think that colored and maybe gave you maybe some of the clues as to how you were gonna get out of your rock bottom situation?
1: Possibly, because look, all these things, you know, especially things like ayahuasca, they change things inside of us. Mm-hmm. You know, where did it come from to make a vow to love myself, really? That I've never been able to figure it out. All I know is it came from somewhere deep, deep, deep within. So it was pure. Yeah. But, you know, experiences, uh, you, know, you know, cause cascade effect in our lives. So, but I'm sure it did, if I think about it. And actually, I had taken a long break from ayahuasca at that period. Maybe I shouldn't have, if you think about it. Uh I probably would have made different decisions in my business, honestly, if I think about it, because one great thing ayahuasca does is it shows me my own inner bullshit. Yep. Right. And if I had just
0: seen that as a CEO, I would have made better choices. Nothing can hold uh, Nothing can hold us accountable like the plants can hold us accountable. Because you can bullshit everybody yeah, else yeah, but yourself. Yeah. And the plants bring that aspect of yourself that will call you on all of your oh, bullshit. In your face. You know, and it, it will not let you stop looking at it until you're done accepting it. I remember
1: one journey I did at at, at Alaska Airlines again. I was like, "Okay, okay, I get it. Just stop. I get it. Just stop. I get it. It just doesn't stop, right?" Yeah. But it's the biggest gift you can give yourself is to face your bullshit and move it, because we're we're the ones who we're responsible for it all. Sure. You know, that's another thing I've learned. You know, we've learned. We were talking about this last night at dinner. Is like we're responsible for it all, because we're the only ones we control
0: that is such a powerful thing and i want to get back to that because i think that's a really important uh really important idea Uh, but i just want to stick with the thread of okay so you make the vow and this is something that you actually talk about as like one of the first steps in the process and i think first though before you even make the vow i think we got to get to the point of identifying the problem because for me i can look at myself and people would ask me because i'm in this in this field where people are talking about self-love and and the different you know utilization of that and how much you love yourself and people would ask me and I'm like yeah I love myself I'm good but I wasn't I was blind to the um, to actually how much I was relying on external sources for my own self-love even with all the work I've done even with all the plant medicines I was still kind of blind to that and so I, I think I guess the first place I'd like to go is to help people kind of recognize and realize whether they may or may not have an issue with self-love in the first place like the reason some people listening might be like yeah i love myself like i did I, that was me all confident overconfident like yeah i love myself whatever it's just all this external stuff that's the problem it's not me i mean i'm good but like if all this other stuff was fixed mm-hmm. then my life would be fucking totally great mm-hmm. you know but really it, it was all it was all me so do you have advice for somebody to kind of track and and realize whether they could use more self-love? Well,
1: first, who of us couldn't? Who <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: true. I mean, we're human beings, right? Um, who of us
1: couldn't? And look, one thing is, like some people confuse with narcissism. Loving yourself is not narcissism. Like I've met a few narcissists in my life and they're actually the opposite of loving
0: themselves. Yeah. You can tell it's almost a response to lack of lack of self-love because it's the need to have other attention, affection, appreciation. It's it's actually on the far scale of the conditional love paradigm where they have to show something in order to receive love from some other source, whether that's some aspect of their mind or some aspect of the collective controlling others, controlling others. It's it's the opposite of actually the abundance of self-love, which comes in that very soft and humble, authentic way it's you know it's a state of being yeah and and
1: you arise from there you know it's we, we all have like certain set points in our state of being where we just naturally default to you know as we go through the day we go through our lives and so it's not about being selfish it's not about being narcissistic it's not about um you know what it is a state of being where your choices and your thoughts and your feelings arise from that's what I've discovered for, my, for myself. Mm-hmm. The more I work on it, the more I do it, the more I notice. I just make better choices. I'm. It's my state of mind. It's who I am inside. You know. It's how I feel. How I look at the world. Where my do my thoughts go towards gratitude naturally? Do they go towards feeling blessed naturally? Do they just like feel love for others naturally? That's a state of love, and it's actually, it's it's a beautiful place to be inside. The most beautiful. Yeah it's a very simple place it's a very natural place but funny enough it took me a good amount of work to get there (laughs) that's (laughs) that's the funny
0: thing about all these mystical truths simple but but require a deep commitment and a lot of work to get there
1: and stripping away right yeah and what i learned was at least for myself because you know look i come i consider myself a doer i don't want to stay in theory especially when i came up with this it was to save myself it was like i didn't want to unpack old stuff
0: i didn't want to go see where and what i didn't care about the why Mm. i just wanted to care about what fixes this yeah and so instead of asking why don't i love myself just say yeah fuck that let's just i'm gonna love myself
1: yeah literally you decide and you go in you commit (laughs) and you do it you commit and you do the work yeah that's literally the secret of life anyway you commit you do the work yeah you know and especially with the inner stuff you commit you do the work like this amazing gym you have here, which I'm in love. with. like I going to move here just to go work out here, right? I kid you not. I hope and, you do. Oh my god! And but if you want to be in shape, you don't you don't go to like work out like once a week or once a month or whatever. You commit, you do the work. Mm-hmm. You know you want to be healthy. You eat healthy. You commit. You do the work. You do it consistently. Your mind, your inner self, which is the ultimate thing, which is what we got, which everything rises from. To make that better, you commit. You do the work. But no one teaches us that. No one taught me that. Right. We weren't taught this in school or college. And, you know, my upbringing was quite the opposite of it. Yeah. You know, and so it was a matter of you do it for yourself. And the great thing is um, the, hum- the human mind, the inside is so malleable. It's such a beautiful thing that we've been this gift of whoever this, this being is inside is such a beautiful gift that you can craft this being to who you want it to be to who you want to be and it's really easy actually it's very simple there's no like long complicated programs or like rituals or whatever just very simple things you have to do inside and you start to shift and then when you start to shift life starts to shift yeah that's just a fundamental
0: truth I like yeah yeah that's yeah. absolutely that's absolutely the case so let's talk about this then so you you started with that vow and then you were you had to figure out all right now how do i do this how do i do this in the most simple effective way possible that's that i can replicate and you came up with a formula and i think that's why i said you know i've read a lot of great books on love uh, don miguel ruiz mastery mm-hmm. of love and a variety of different things that really talk about the importance of loving yourself but nobody really has a pragmatic practical manual about okay it's the most important thing and here's how you do it. And that was the thing that you tasked yourself with. It was like, okay, how do you do this? Start with a vow, right? That was step one. Commitment. Commitment.
1: Commitment to self.
0: And then from there, where do you go?
1: You know, honestly, I felt like at that time, I remember I was like, I was in my apartment and um, I felt like a crazy man, man. I was just trying everything in my head because I was like, okay, I can't do this from the outside because I feel miserable on the inside. So I, and I was like, okay, I feel miserable on the inside. What's gonna make that better? What's gonna shift that? And I was trying all sorts of crazy things. I was like, and I stumbled upon, what is the simplest thing? And I remember I was quite sick at the time. What is the simplest thing I can do? Which is, I'm just gonna start telling myself this and see what happens there. So I just started repeating to myself, I love myself, I love myself. And I just started doing it. And almost because I had nothing else to do, nothing else while I was trying to figure it out. And I noticed it started to shift my thoughts. What it first of all, what it did was it stopped the other thoughts. Yeah. You know, your mind focuses on one thing at a time. It's a horse. You guide it to where you want it to go. Yeah. And <clears throat> I noticed after a few days, something in me started to shift a bit. Like it was actually started to run on its own a little. And then I I tricked it. I added feeling to it. Where I just like, and look, we can make ourselves feel anything we want. And that was the game changer. Mm. I started, I, to feel, I just used to breathe in deep and feel it inside because why not? I had nothing to lose, you know?
0: That's something that's, so telling yourself, and I think you do a really good job in the book, you talk about the taking the breaths where in every inhale you say, I love myself, right? And I think a really valuable part of the book that you say is maybe when you first start telling yourself that you don't really believe it and it's really hard to feel it. And I think that takes some of the pressure yeah. off. Just like, doesn't matter just say it for now just say it it's going to get really powerful when you can add the feeling to it but maybe you're not able to right off the bat maybe you just need to start taking a few of those first layers off you know by just or or, you know patterning that first part of the groove is really the Mm -hmm. metaphor you use the first few scratches by just saying the words and then from there then you can try to add the feeling with it which will really start to deepen the groove
1: yeah. It's a step-by-step thing. And I mm-hmm. realized that because if you do it too fast, your mind, um, it'll, it'll fight back. There's all these old patterns and like the old demons will come up. So the best thing is do it just step-by-step. You deepen the groove, you feel it, then you add feel, you know, you feel that, oh, something's shifting. Then you add the next, then you, and it's very gentle, Yeah. you know, and it's all you're doing is, you know, the mind's all over the place all during the day anyway. You're just like shifting it, training it to go a certain way. So, I started doing that, and then I was doing um, it all sorts of things. I was doing it outside. I was doing my head. I was doing all these, you know, trying other variations, you know, and just I kept on coming back to this simple one: just making myself feel love for myself, adding a feeling of light coming in as I did that with the breath. And then when I breathe out, naturally I noticed gratitude. I would start feeling grateful. Mm. You know, that came out of nowhere. That became like the natural response from being in that state. You know, which is where the power comes from. You don't have to make yourself feel all these other things if you start to feel love for yourself. The other things just naturally rise on their own. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I started meditating and I'm quite honestly quite lazy about meditating. So I kinda like hacked it a bit where I just would listen to one song, uh, one particular song, which is a classical piece of music. And it was seven minutes long and I would just made do the same thing but while listening to meditate to the song and meditating. And I noticed that after maybe about a week or so, the moment I put the song on, my mind would go into that state. I was just anchoring yeah. the state of mind to that music. So I made that a practice, added that in. Then another thing was I was doing front of the mirror and I realized if I looked in my left eye and I did
0: it loud, it was powerful. So these so this yeah. is the escalation of this. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep taking yeah, this yeah, yeah, really slow it. because one of the, the other things you mentioned is that as you do these 10 breaths let's just say we're starting out we're at the basic level and honestly even me like i started out at the basic level where really pretty much i could only say it you know i was at kind of a really low point you know and this was not long ago when i actually recognized that i was really deeply reliant on external sources for my self-love and i kind of pushed away all of my other external sources i declared my celibacy and i went into this kind of isolation mode where i wasn't allowing myself to get any external validation and then i hit a real low point you know it wasn't quite as dark night of the soul as some of the places that you talk about in the book but it was at a place where my self-love was really low and i remember just going through just saying it like you like you recommend but also recognizing that sometimes i would get to like six breaths of i love myself and my mind would just wander off into some other direction. Uh-huh. And I think you know one of the parts I really appreciated that you said is like even if it takes you ten attempts to get to ten breaths, you know, so you end up taking a hundred breaths to get a sequential ten breaths saying "I love myself." Like that's a little little victory in and of itself. And then you add then you add the feeling in there. But I, I really would encourage people to just try it. You know, just to like try to get through that ten breaths, where on every inhale you love yourself. Bonus points if you can really start to feel it, or if you can visualize, as you said, the light coming through. Because that's going to deepen the breaths. And then there's even an escalation where you talk about later, which is saying, you know, thank you Mm -hmm. on the exhale of the breath. But and I love how you put it. Like, don't worry about jumping ahead to that. Some of you might want to, but that will actually challenge the mind even more. So just like just start with the 10. Like start there. And then see if you can make it through the 10 and see how many times a day you can do that and with that commitment. And then then we'll go deeper into the what you do in the meditation in the mirror because these are all like escalations and that's I think the beauty of this method is you're you're just build, it's just building blocks. One on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other, deepening, deepening, deepening the groove.
1: You really got it. You really got what I was doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think everybody will who, who who reads this. That's why. That's why I think it's so important because it's acknowledging. It's not. It's not supposing that somebody's just going to get it. Like you could all suppose say, okay, take ten breaths, and on every inhale, say, "I love myself," and feel it to the fullest, and on every exhale, say, "Thank you," and feel gratitude to the fullest, and just assume that people are going to be able to do that. I wasn't able to do that. I wasn't able to do that. <laughs> right? So, right? like, so yeah. What, what do yeah. you, how, why would you put that in a book? You know, like just telling people and making that assumption because it's not real. Like, it's this is simple, but requires like work and practice, and you'll get better at it. And some days you'll find it easier than others.
1: And that's yeah. okay. Yeah.
0: You know, the mind is strong. You know, the training of the mind, the old, old, the old
1: self is strong and it'll kick in and it's just doing the work getting mm-hmm. up and doing the work and doing the work. And it compounds, man, it really compounds. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. And when you started noticing and doing it on its own,
0: when you just walk around feeling it, that's a beautiful place to be. Mm. It rises spontaneously out of your being because yeah. you've started to pattern it. And the, what you talk about, you talk about cutting a groove so deep that all the other mental loops and mental patterns, instead of defaulting to your normal you know mild self-loathing or requests for validation from other sorts if you cut that self-love channel so deep inside your psyche naturally by default all of your other thought patterns will flow back into that current and i thought wow what a great metaphor for how to train the mind you know the neurons that fire together wire together right something that joe dispenza talks about a lot and you mentioned here as well like it's a that's a fact and so as you're forming these cognitive patterns that you could call imagine like a groove, that will become your default. And then when that becomes your default, you're gonna be a happy person. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally.
1: Yeah, and in the, even more so than happiness, like I don't run around and say, oh, like I don't run around like a crazy happy guy, but I run around solid. Yeah. It's, it's more of a solidness you get. Yeah. You know, which is actually even better i'd say i mean you get happy and 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 still you get sad like life happens of course right we're human beings we don't become robots right but there's a solidness that comes that's a state that arises from within that and it arises from you it's yours no one gave this to you you created this for yourself and so no one can take this away from you only you can give it away and you can take it and you can create it again and again Mm -hmm. and you know as you know i've like lost it you know, I've completely let go and, you know, like let life get the better on me, but I know where to go back and I've gone back and each time it works. Mm-hmm. I've almost gone back in some ways. I'm a little, I don't know <laughs> if it's a little crazy, but I've gone back to see, does this work? I have to mm-hmm. commit, I want to convince myself again, you know, and I do it and it works every time. You know, it's it's amazing. It's so simple too. Yeah. Like I wouldn't find a better solution because I try other things as well and and this is just, and I don't think this is anything, This is there's nothing rocket science here. You know, I think if it was rocket science, uh, I wouldn't have gotten it. This was just like <laughs> one man trying to save himself and he figured out a way and he shares it, shared it with others. And you know what? It worked for them. Why? Because we're human beings. Mm. Same human mind.
0: When you talk about solidity and that sense of equanimity and that sense of like peace and balance, you know, which is I think actually a, a better description of the end goal of the state, this kind of state of being full, yeah, and 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 buffered from the storms. But you have some other tools in here to talk about dealing with these, you know, the times when things get turbulent. And so you have a question that you encourage people to ask themselves. You know in this in a challenging state so if you could share that i think that would be great
1: yeah this question came from after i was getting better but then i was like interacting with other people and things were you know life was happening and something's good something's not so good and i would ask myself you know in the middle of a conversation middle of something that i wasn't happy about if i loved myself what would i do now the key point being if because it's not like I have, I'm loving myself 100% of the time, or let's assume I'm loving myself 1% of the time, if. So anyone can answer an if question. When you ask your mind that, it'll give you the answer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So then what you can do is then make the choice what you wanna do internally and externally. You know, and it's a very powerful, I think asking yourself questions in the moment is one of the best things we can do. Sure, it's a pattern and interrupt. It's a great pattern interrupt, especially if you take one question and make that your pattern interrupt. So you gotta find the question that you know is gonna serve you in every situation. And for me, that, that was this question. You know, I, I can ask myself before I sit down to eat. I can ask myself if I don't feel like going to the gym. I can ask myself if I'm in a conversation with someone, it's a difficult conversation. I can ask myself if I'm just feeling crappy about myself. And ask myself if I love myself, what would I do? Well, I would do the practice, you mm-hmm. know. If I wanted to eat something, if I love myself, what would I do? I would choose a healthier option. It's a very, very simple question, but it's it's it works beautifully, mm. and I think it's because of the if, yeah, part.
0: Yeah, because then it can you can output a really clear answer without binding yourself you can still choose another thing but conscious at least choice. it's a conscious choice yeah. but so if i love myself would i allow myself to experience this is one thing so i think about moments where i've gotten really angry and upset or, or in, a, in a relationship situation right if i would have had the wherewithal and the knowledge to ask that question if i loved myself truly and deeply mm. would i allow myself to experience this would i allow myself to express this level of anger there's no way my mind could have wiggled out i mean i'm squirmy i mean i'll, wiggle.
1: We, I'll, all are, I'll wiggle we all are but if
0: you ask that question if i love myself truly and deeply would i allow myself to experience this and express myself in this way the answer would unequivocally be no and then i have to deal with that yeah i can either be like well fuck it and then just do the stuff bad and do the stuff i don't i shouldn't be doing anyways or i have to go okay well now that i know that Let's take a moment here and then, like you said, maybe go back to the practice, that simple practice of, all right, well, I'm clearly, if I love myself, I wouldn't be doing this, so let me go back to my self-love practice. Let me just take 10 breaths, Ten breaths. and say I love myself and then see how I'm going to change my behavior, change my pattern, right? Because that's the thing, like so many people were talk about how do you deal with anger? How do you deal, this is like one of the most elegant solutions to dealing with an emotional response that i've ever heard because it's true you ask yourself this if question and then if the answer says you would be doing something different then you have what you do and it's not like some extravagant thing you need to go wherever you can just say hey I, i'd like to take a moment and take your 10 breaths and you yeah. know you start doing them just automatically you start doing them yep. in a conversation yeah uh,
1: you know because you're breathing whether you want to or not and yeah you, and, you and you don't you need want, to say it you out loud yeah. so you're saying yeah. it in your
0: head so you could be doing this the whole time as the trigger is approaching as that emotional challenge is coming oh i feel you i see you coming there for me i see you coming to twerk all those different knobs that are going to trigger all the different things that are going to get me fired up i see it coming let me start the breaths now
1: yeah i do that anytime like if i feel nervous about something mm-hmm. you know if i go give a talk before i go on stage I just get quiet. I'll do them solid after 10 and go on stage. Mm-hmm. It works. It works. It just works, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's that's one of those things. Like, So you build the foundation and then all of these other things can default to the foundation. And again, like you said, with food or working out, like if I really love myself, would I work out today? Well, the answer could actually be yes or no. Sure. Because you could be so tired that actually resting would be better, but you might have some egoic need to look a certain way. So you might be pushing yourself in the gym. So the answer to that question might be, no, if you loved yourself, you'd go home and rest. Or it could be, yeah, if you loved yourself, you'd get your ass in the gym. You know, it could be either one of those, but you can ask that un- impartial question. It's
1: being real with yourself. It's being real. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. that's the best gift you can give yourself, man. You know, be real with yourself in this stuff. Yeah. Because I think, at least for my mind, it creates all these beautiful, intricate stories justifying everything that's not good for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so this just cuts right through all that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it does. And that's what we talked about. That's what plant
0: medicine does. Just cuts right through all of it in your face, and you just got to deal with it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about, I think we covered the 10 breaths. Let's talk a little bit more about the um the mirror practice and the meditation practice Mm -hmm. and specifically so you're saying for the meditation practice you pick a seven minute song and you don't particularly link it to the breaths it's more about the feeling they're just trying to really feel that love for yourself is that the goal of the meditation well the song just that i pick happened to be seven minutes long you know it could be however
1: long you want right it's just it's just a focused short amount of time and you're anchoring the state you're creating inside to that music so when you put the music on Bam, after a while, you go to that state. It's very simple, you know? So, because a lot of people with meditation, your mind's running around, you're trying to figure out what to do. Well, this actually gets you where you need to go very fast. And then all you're doing, you're basically doing what we did with the mental loop. You're breathing in love, you're breathing out gratitude, you're breathing in light, you're breathing out gratitude. That's it. Mm -hmm. To To the state, to the song, eyes closed, just feeling it, feeling it, feeling it, layering it in, layering it in. And this is one I've noticed you may not feel like the big effects right away, but this one has has an effect on your life. That's the only way I can say it. If you were to ask me if there was one thing I would do consistently, it would be this. Mm. There's something about that focused short time and layering it in, layering it in, layering it in that just adds up over time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: yeah. I came up with it because I didn't have the patience for meditation <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't want to sit around for two hours and just like watch my watch my breath i get you know like i get i go nuts so right. <laughs> i i was like well let me try to this piece of music that i liked and i just noticed it worked so i stayed with it in fact uh i still do it you know it's uh
0: <clears throat> i could do it on a flight i could do it anywhere you just put on your headphones and you put on that piece of music and boom off you go yeah i took a little time to find my song and I've got it now I, there's actually two that are kind of still in the running i haven't fully decided which one yet but i've been starting to practice it and it's it's powerful but again your mind will try and wander and go away from it but it's just that discipline of you know i think it's another thing that i recently was at that workshop with Despenda, so i got a lot of his words in my head at the moment but he says any time in meditation you're going to come up against yourself and mm. when you come up against yourself the quality of your life and the quality of your practice is what you do when you come up against yourself it's not the fact that you come up against yourself because you're going to so even in that meditation your mind's going to wander it's going to draw you to business or sex or some other thing that your mind wants to default and deviate you from and that's you coming up against yourself and at that moment you come up against yourself you go oh okay hello mind like here you are i see you and i'm going to go back to my practice now because i'm in control i you know i am mm-hmm. that i am part of you is in control and then you just go back to it
1: yeah I and mean, it's it's training the horse training the horse and there is no perfection right that's very important to realize it's not like oh now I've hit it you're just doing the work every day just doing the work doing the work and it compounds and before you know it it's running on its own and then you're doing and digging the that that groove deeper and deeper and deeper you know um and that's all all really all it is and there's no failure either if you're doing the work you're succeeding Mm -hmm. you're doing the groove you're doing the groove every day you're adding every day you're adding and before you know it it works
0: yeah so then the next practice is doing it in the mirror Mm -hmm. and this is something that you know i've experienced obviously psychedelic medicine has been a big part of my life as it it has been yours and, and a lot of people listening i've found i think probably accidentally a long time ago you know just going to the bathroom on a heavy dose of psilocybin and uh-huh. looking in the mirror and i felt like i got to meet my true self i got to see who i truly am and it's a really powerful thing even looking at yourself through the eyes of love and through the eyes of truth see the animal see the see the self and overwhelmingly that's always been a really impactful experience i end up saying like oh hi like hi like i'm sorry i always say i'm sorry it's like oh, i'm sorry that i don't see you i'm yeah. sorry that i don't yeah. see you like yeah. true self you know i'm sorry that i don't love you i'm sorry that i don't you know that i'm blind to the truth of who you are you know but it's always just met with that's love beautiful, in return man. that's absolutely beautiful yeah it's it's we a very do,
1: we should do that every day right? I'm going to do that every day. That's beautiful. (laughs) That's beautiful. It's a a reminder.
0: It's a really good reminder. And I think your practice of doing that can get you there without the necessity for psychedelic medicine because you're in there, and I've done this too, in there and just looking at yourself and you're breathing in and doing the I love myself practice. And then you start to see the layers of delusion, the clouds, the fog that's actually keeping us from seeing the light that's within, that's always within. just starts to dissipate. You know, and then you start to see yourself. And then you can be like, oh, hi. Like, there you are, authentic being, (laughs) you know. And that can be a really, really powerful experience.
1: Yeah, especially when you look in your eyes, you know, like the windows to the soul. It's when you really just see your own true self, your own true power. And when you get past the judgments of looking at yourself, you know, because otherwise if you look yourself in the mirror, I mean, I'm always finding faults or this or that or what I can make, what sure. could be better. But if you go to the eyes, there's a purity there. Yeah. You bypass all this and you really connect with yourself, but also with your physical self. You know, it, it does something. This is a great one for self-confidence because mm-hmm. you're getting in touch with yourself but also your physical self. Mm-hmm. You've, um, I notice my self-confidence just goes up naturally when I do this regularly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because yeah, your true personal power, and this is not like power like a president has power or like a general has power it's not power for power's sake but your personal power is the authentic expression of the truth of who you are and when you tap into that you have an abundance of confidence because the truth of who you are is the most powerful part of all of us that's within all of us
1: real power is within it's not without exactly
0: yeah the other one is a cheap surrogate for the actual true personal power of recognition of who we are and really looking into our into our soul through the windows like you said the eyes is a huge part of that so those three things i think the breaths the meditation and the mirror practice like that's those are the layered steps but there's another a really critical step that i think is uh that precedes Mm -hmm. some of this and that's the forgiveness practice yeah because if you don't feel like you deserve to love yourself so you're going to have a hell of a time loving yourself. You can still do it, but forgiving yourself is really important. Yeah, it's actually not something I did in the beginning. Mm.
1: Um, it's something I came up with later, and I realized I needed to do that. And, you know, I'm a big believer in everything starts from within. If you want to love others, love yourself first. If you want to forgive others, forgive yourself first. You can't set others free without you freeing, freeing yourself first, you know. So it's a... And I'm someone who's always just working on his mind and trying to figure out how to be better, how to be better. And I just came up with this little practice of how to forgive myself and it, and it worked. And again, it was a very simple thing. A lot of it's actually just a metaphor where you, <clears throat> and, and I realized, look, if I'm gonna create a practice out of it that I'm gonna share with others as I do in the book, then here's how you do it. You know, Before you start everything, first forgive yourself, let go of the past. Mm-hmm. And now you can step in the future by making a vow and then doing the practice. And the self-forgiveness was very simple. I was living in California and I drove out in my car uh, to this uh, Pescadero, which is a beautiful lighthouse there, Northern California, you know, ocean over there and hiked out to the to the water. And I just sat there and I pulled out my journal and um, and I wrote down, I forgive myself, but I wrote down, I, for everything I was holding against myself, I forgive myself for, wrote it. I forgive myself for, wrote it, felt it, wrote it, felt it, wrote it, felt it, wrote it, felt it until I was done. And then I actually made myself, I read it out loud again and again to feel the weight of what I was carrying. When you realize the feel, when you feel the weight of what you've been carrying, all the unnecessary garbage, you want to drop it. You're like, I don't want this anymore, right? And there's something about writing with a pen on paper. There is a power in there. There's a declaration there. So I did that again and again until I was ready to let go. Then I just hiked out to the ocean and then ball it up and just give it over. Give it over to bigger than me. Whatever's bigger than me, just take it. Mm. You know, because that can handle it. I can't, but that can. Sure. Right. And it does. And then I realized this is the perfect time to write the vow. Because I and I I recommit to myself occasionally, right? And this is the perfect time to write the vow. I've just let go of the past. Let me create my future. So let me write a vow to love myself and the way I'm gonna love myself in the future and then set out to do it. So it's like, a, it was a beautiful little transition. And, and I think it just took what I had done before to such a great level that now, anytime I write down the vow, I first I do the self-forgiveness exercise mm. and you don't need to go by an ocean or anything. You can throw in the toilet and the garbage. You can I burn, burn it. You can burn it. Yeah. You know, you can do whatever you want. It's the intention. You're letting go. You're giving it over. You know, actually, last time I did it, I think I threw it in the garbage disposal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, done, yeah. gone. Like, I've yeah. given
1: it over. I've dropped the weight. Yeah. Time to actually fly.
0: And I think for people who are thinking, oh, I don't, I'm not holding anything against myself, try it. Yeah. <laughs> Give sit it a down, second.
1: Sit down and write. Give and it a second. Down. Yeah.
0: Because there's, you know, there's a lot of things that we're still judging ourselves for and if we've judged ourselves anytime we judge ourselves and who doesn't judge themselves when we judge ourselves the judge demands retribution it's just the way it works judgment demands retribution it demands some way to balance that what mark manson calls a moral gap so if we're holding something against ourselves we're going to be subtly punishing ourselves in some way which m- probably is the withholding of our own love for ourselves yeah that's the way that we create the retribution for the things that we're holding against ourselves. So you got to go through, and and then there's a lot of shit there always. And you're not you you may not get it all on the first go round. <laughs> and as you're about to throw it into the fire, like I remembered, I did this last last week. I was about to throw it in the fire, and I was like, oh no 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 no, no. hold <laughs> on, I got to get a few more things on there first, you know. And I'm sure the next time, again, it's a practice. It's not a magical thing where you put it on the paper, and it, this is a, a traditional ceremony called the despacho, where you release something like that. And a lot of mystical and, and uh, plant medicine traditions have this ceremony, but it's not like it's it's magical where it just you do it once and, and it's good done, for and no, you're done forever. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. this is a forgiveness practice. Yeah. Writing down your forgiveness, feeling your forgiveness, letting it go into the water, into the fire, into wherever you need to need to let it go.
1: Yeah, in fact, you know, I'm thinking of something right now. Your book has inspired me uh, on your day, you know, has inspired me to actually, I do this more like um, on a monthly basis, but almost like to to take that month and then almost to add to it a daily basis of daily recommitments mm-hmm. that I started doing that's actually for me personally is taking it to a higher level. And I'm almost wondering if I should, in the morning as part of my ritual, I should do a mini forgive myself every morning for anything I hold myself that day and start that day with that yeah i might just try that that just came up actually yeah,
0: yeah. and it doesn't take too long oh no my long god does it take to write down a few things we spend more time
1: oh, go. <laughs> you know watching garbage on youtube right yeah, then sure. actually literally freeing ourselves mm-hmm. you know gotta put ourselves first
0: yeah so i want to go into and, and well there's there's one thing that i definitely want to come back to is a lot of things happen to us that Are not fully, if we're looking at it from a a third party perspective, maybe not fully from the normal worldview, our responsibility. You know, Mm -hmm. we didn't cause these things to happen. You had some very traumatic things happen in your childhood. But Mm -hmm. nonetheless, there's still some, typically some kind of shame and some kind Mm -hmm. of guilt for the abuse that you received that you still need to forgive yourself for. And even if someone, you know, you went through a really heart wrenching, separation that you talk about in this book too there's elements of that even though it wasn't your choice right there's elements of that that you still have to forgive yourself for and that's what you mentioned earlier that i said i wanted to footnote and come back to which is taking that kind of radical responsibility for even even if you had just the subtlest metaphysical participation in this thing forgiving yourself and absolving yourself completely with forgiveness from whatever that situation was
1: You know, it's something I've come to really believe. And I think, I thank the child that I was who went through whatever he did because somewhere along the way he decided no matter what, he was not going to be a victim. Mm. And look, I went through stuff that I could literally point to and say, victim, 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 right? And, but look, that doesn't, that holds me back. But if I decide I want to be the hero, like, what do I do? I take whatever is there and I own it. And I let go, you know, it's like, like whatever happened, happened, but whatever's left from it, whatever the emotional charge of what I'm carrying with it, that's mine. You know, like, it's not like someone gave me that emotional charge, I created that emotional charge. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the one who's got to free myself. And if I free myself, I become the hero of that story. <laughs> that's simple, man. I can be the hero of any story in my life. All I gotta mm-hmm. do is free myself. And the only one who can free me is me. You know, only we can be the heroes of our stories, you know, and it's something that it's, and it's makes, it's made me better by taking responsibility for everything in my life. And when I say responsibility for everything in my life, I mean everything internal. You know, I I really believe everything starts with the internal and goes to the external. So I take responsibility for every single thing, every single feeling, every single emotion, every single thing that happens inside. You know, I was reading, um, this guy, uh, this Christian mystic earlier this year, Neville Goddard, and I came across a quote, and he said, uh, God acts, the devil reacts. Hmm. So if you think about it, you can either choose to act or react, mm-hmm. right? And that's where actually the, that line is on where do you wanna be the victim of the hero? Yeah. If we choose, make a conscious choice and act, I'm gonna free myself and I'm gonna let this go. You're acting. If you're reacting, reacting is all, almost often pain.
0: Yeah right yeah and it's uh, it's a uh, it's giving away your sovereignty it's giving away your personal power your it's power allowing... and to
1: who to that's the thing <laughs> to, to who yeah yeah exactly that's the most ridiculous thing right yeah it's all it's been ours all along yeah it's only ours it's our foundation we just have to get back to it
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's and i think you mentioned this in the book as well it's shifting your orientation from things are happening to me realizing that you're happening to things by your own choices yeah. of your own attitude as like victor Frankl says the last of the human freedoms is our ability to choose our attitude towards any given situation like it's you taking back control he was in fucking auschwitz oh my god yeah you know like yeah. if he's in auschwitz and he's taking control of his attitude he's happening to auschwitz as much as auschwitz is happening to him and
1: that's what saved him
0: that's what saved
1: that him. attitude mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah huge like a huge Peace, but doesn't mean that shit's gonna be easy because <laughs> you know like things are still gonna be hard so these are all these tools but then you talk about you mentioned rug flip day <laughs> yeah rug flip Day, rug flip day and i really i really identify i mean i really felt you on this because i've had periods of deep heartbreak i went into some of my own last night over dinner but rug flip day talk to us about rug flip day and this was so you'd already established some of your self-love practice and you know You were kind of thinking ah maybe i'm doing pretty good but then rug flip day happened and it was like a second dark night of the soul
1: it really was and in all honesty looking back and i talk about here i wasn't loving myself i'd gotten lazy Mm. and that's one of the biggest that might be the biggest lesson here is like once you start doing something any work any internal work don't coast coast is when we just all humans we get we get comfortable we get lazy you know, it's just a natural thing. If you're, if you have plenty in the environment, you're not gonna go out and hunt every day. You know, you just get fat and lazy, right? And the mind gets fat and lazy and I got fat and lazy and I just kind of like internally, and I just kind of like took it for granted and I stopped doing everything. And the guy who wrote and talked about it is the one who wasn't doing it. And look what happened. <laughs> you no, know, like, I am a human being and I am gonna fall apart like, like a human being. And we all have our things that get to us. And I was with someone I loved more than anything. And out of, out of the blue, boom, rug flip. I come back from a tip and she, she said, welcome. You took
0: an overnight flight. Tell the story like a poet. Oh, you took God, an overnight. You took an <laughs> overnight flight because you missed her so dearly and you wanted to see her and surprise her in the early morning. And you go back in, your heart's full of love and you're ready to embrace the one that you truly loved, your sweetheart. And she says, I don't want to be with you anymore. And other, and other things
1: that went along with it. And I felt like, uh, you know, the rug I was standing, you know, if you're standing on a rug and someone just takes it and goes, Foop, yep. and you're just flipping in the air because you have no control. And you're just like, oh my God, I'm going to hit that ground, I'm going to shatter. That was rug flip day. And that showed me very quickly with my emotions and then my thoughts and where I went, dude, you're not loving yourself. You're quite the, you're, you've, 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 you've gone away from it. Mm. And um, what it also gave me was I had to save myself all over again. And I had to go at this and do this again. And I felt so much shame and guilt and stupidity because, like, the things that were coming up, the way I was feeling, the way I was reacting, you know, God acts, the devil reacts. I was reacting. I was in full reacting mode, pain, sh- this, that, emotion, rather than saying, hey, you know, like, rather than just being a man and say, look, this is who I am. If you don't, if you want to be this great, if you don't want to be this, that's your choice. Mm -hmm. You know, but like, this is who I am to you. I'm taking a stand for you, right? But the rest, that's up to you. You know, that's what I would have done, but I didn't, because I wasn't loving myself. Sure. And I fell apart. You know, I literally just came apart the scenes. This was a deep, deep, and still is. I still feel that, It's a deep love. And, you know, I think often, we don't talk in society the level of love men can feel. You know, mm-hmm. we don't talk about this, it's deep, man. We'll give our lives for someone. Yeah. That's a real love. That's a level of love that men have, you know? And um, and I fell apart. And I had to bit, go back, kind of quite ashamed to my own self-real <laughs> practice, which I've written about, talked about, and which is actually literally save people's life and do it from, the, from realize I had to do it from scratch. 'Cause I've really fallen hard. And again it was like, Will this work? Every time I ask myself, Will this work? There's a part of me that's like, Maybe it won't work this time. You know, I'm like I'm always like a little scared, like maybe last time last five times were a fluke. Maybe yeah, maybe I got lucky. <laughs> you know, maybe I've yeah. just gone too far. And you know what? It worked. Yeah. And it was hard because I fought it because I felt so ashamed. I felt mm-hmm. so ashamed that I should have known. So better. you were
0: still holding something against yeah. yourself. Oh yeah. Which that, uh, was really slowing down your ability to feel love because you were the retribution you were giving yourself was the withdrawal of your own love from yourself so you had to overcome that
1: yeah and then ultimately i had to do the self-forgiveness exercise and when i did that that helped right and this is a guy who knows what to do who's done this many times before that's the human condition we know what to do we get fat and lazy and then life's you know Smacks the ends. It, me, okay,
0: I mean, shit. I'm the you know. I'm talking. About, I've been talking about this stuff for years, and I still fuck it up <laughs> all the time. You, you know, know, that's the that's the that is exactly the human condition. But it's how quickly you can acknowledge it and how quickly you can apply the tools that you have to get back on track
1: to being you. To being you. You know, to being your real self. Ultimately, I think that's the best thing we can do to get back to who we are. This state. This 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 loving amazing human being that we are on the inside and living life from that place doesn't mean pain won't happen doesn't mean everything will go our way but who but then we become who we are to that situation and mm-hmm. that's all that's the best we can do
0: it's the best yeah. we can do yeah and the best we can do is the best we can do do your best i was in that deep meditation i told you and uh and when i i had a kind of a a download from source let's say and the download was i asked you know how do you bring the authentic self our divine self into the human form how can we do this and the response was do your best (laughs) you know do your best that was the advice from the (laughs) universe your mom could have
1: told you that you know
0: just fucking (laughs) do your best you know what i mean like you're not going to be able to be perfect you know this idea of perfection is something that really holds us back because and do
1: your best is a moment by moment day by day thing yeah you know, and it's actually when I did iboga that one time. Where iboga, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to everyone. Beats the living crap out of you. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had these questions written down, and then and I somehow remember those questions. Every question, I got the same same answer: be your best self, be your best. Self. That's literally the answer. I was like, i had been through all of this for that. I was I'm not, I could have written this to myself, <laughs> but it was like it comes down to do the work. You know, there's yeah. no like. Go here, make a left, make a right, make you know just do the work every day, get up, do the work, be your best, be your best, be your best, and every day you'll fall short in some some things you will do well
0: and forgive you know? those the faster you forgive those, the deeper you forgive those, the faster yeah. you'll move forward and you know if you're forgiving yourself, you know what's funny is
1: well I found that forgiveness for others almost becomes irrelevant when you forgive yourself mm-hmm. it's just you naturally let it go whatever you were holding is though you just naturally do it
0: yeah yeah you love yourself you forgive yourself then all any kind of thing that you would need to forgive someone for which is some emotional feeling yeah that that thing is gone and so it's like yeah of course you're forgiven (laughs) you know like you know you may not want to associate with them anymore you may want to have the discretion and the boundary to say like okay yeah you like stole money from me like we're not gonna do business together anymore obviously and we're probably not gonna be friends but you're forgiven because i'm not holding any feeling That requires me to demand some you know pound of flesh from your emotional body anymore you know like it's all good because i'm not holding anything against you because i don't feel anything anymore yeah the money's gone whatever but like or whatever the situation i'm hypothesizing some kind of situation like that but there could be a million things that you need to forgive someone for but as long as you're not holding something internally well it's easy to forgive after that
1: you know something i learned very clearly after myself when i First, started to like really do the self love practice, you know. and had a company fall apart because of a wrong partner we chosen. You know, in business, that happens. And mm-hmm. I remember, and this was a very wealthy person, and you know. It, so I, at first, I had a lot of resentment. But after I did the self love thing, I remember we met up like maybe a year later, and I remember seeing this guy, and all I did was I felt sorry for him. I realized mm-hmm. like there's nothing to hold against. Him. I just felt sorry for him, the state of mind he was in, where we he was just still. Angry and scrounging for pennies, we had. When he had so much, where I was just like, I was feeling so good inside, and I was like, this guy is legitimately wealthy, right? And flies private, private islands, this, that, blah, blah, blah. But you couldn't pay me whatever you wanted to be inside his head. Mm. I'd rather be inside me. (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's priceless, man. Yeah. When you choose, I'd rather be inside me. That is uh, that is priceless, and we can all be there. That is the best gift.
0: It is. Nothing That's loving yourself. Close. That's nothing, loving yourself. Nothing even comes close. Yeah. Another cool part of this is this. This journey was is um, you were fortunate to have to be friends with, uh, Jersey and and Yella Gregoric. Is that how you pronounce yeah. her last name? Yeah. And there are some. You well, you can tell the story about them, but they kind of helped guide you on uh, like a personal fitness strength program that was actually kind of a part of your healing.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm a huge believer in fitness, right? I, I love working out. It's the, it's the, it's the uh, you know, like when you go to the, I think Henry Rollins talks about how the weight is the pure, like when you go to the gym, weight is the purest thing because 45 pounds will always be 45 pounds. Mm. You're the one who changes relative to it right it's fixed yeah so one of you, the very few things that's yeah. fixed in so the universe you, so if you get weaker the 45 pounds will will get heavier you know it'll yeah. stay stable and you're the one who changes the corn to it oh that's great and they are uh, they're these wonderful polish immigrants from poland who's who fled with the solidarity movements you know their friends were killed and um you know they're trained olympic ath- they're trained athletes they're you know um former olympic athletes And they taught me about power and working out, you know. And, you know, one of the things I've also learned when you're going through a hard time is don't just focus on the mind. Go for the body as well, Mm because we are animals. Mm -hmm. We are physical animals. There's something about pushing the body when when you're not in a good place that gets you out of you. You know, and it, whether it could be endorphins or whatever you want to call it, but it gets you out of you. It makes you realize you're also a physical animal walking around with other physical animals. And and it breaks you from that that thing in your head. And um, yeah, so so when I, I was going through this hard time and I just met and I'm hanging out with them and, and just listening to the wisdom, you know, and, and these are people who really live, I, my favorite people are people who live their values. They live what they believe. They live what they talk about. And Jersey, you know, he talks about philosophy. And he says, my philosophy is one word, improve. (laughs) That's it. And when you meet the man, you realize that's it. He -hmm. really lives it. And he says, if you want to see someone's philosophy, look at their life. That's their philosophy, not what they talk about. Look at their life. Because we're all living our philosophy. Mm. So that's actually a good way to figure out what your philosophy is. If you uh, look at how your life is. And if you don't like it you got to change your philosophy because you gotta change your life (laughs) yeah
0: yeah because all of your even if it's you think you have a philosophy but you don't have the commitment to stick to your philosophy well then not being committed is part of your philosophy obviously and you have to reconcile that part of your philosophy you know what i mean (laughs) like like whatever it is like you have to recognize you are living your philosophy so you could be like ah philosophically i'm this but okay then what parts of your philosophy are allowing you to not live that, you know, because that is your philosophy too. It's either a lack of commitment, a lack of dedication, a fear, you know, like my philosophy is I I should do a cold plunge every day. Well, are you, you know, and if not, what is it? You know, is it, are you not able to push yourself past the resistance that says, ooh, it's cold. You know, if your philosophy is I wanna be physically fit, is it that part of you that's like, I'm lazy? is it your philosophy to just give in to those voices is that your philosophy or is it not your philosophy well your actions will show you <laughs>
1: yeah yeah you know? it's a good it's a very good way to be real with yourself look yeah. at your life and that'll tell you what your philosophy is and then then as you change
0: you can either change your life or you can change your philosophy and either way it's the same you know, yeah it's the same and he had you actually lifting he was like lift heavy stuff man yeah that was basically like the simplest the simplest way to describe what just he said power through just lift heavy stuff which, put yourself under like a real load which will actually lighten the mental emotional load that you're going through
1: yeah yeah i mean there's there's something fun, fundamentally primal about lifting at least for for myself you know just just going all out sprinting lifting heavy it just it recalibrates your mind and body you know sometimes you need to be an animal. And in our modern day society, we, we don't get to do that. And I think we lose something very important if we don't let to experience the animal self. Something inside is unsettled. And I think
0: working out hard is one of the best ways to do it. Absolutely, I, I know, you know one of my favorite things about winter time in Austin is it's not my favorite season, but I love the fact that my pool is really cold. And I have a really cold pool. I have a cold plunge in my garage too. I have a really cold pool and i have goggles and i can jump in the pool and swim laps in like a 50 some degree pool and if i swim five hard laps sprinted laps in the pool in the cold i do not feel anywhere near what i felt like two minutes <laughs> before yeah. that right it is like three minutes whatever i don't know how long it takes for to swim five laps but if i swim as hard as i can you know so i'm panting you know out of breath just giving it everything i can a sprint uh, not just like casually swimming laps because it's cold and you know you'll feel the head rush of the water you know the cold will have an effect but the sprinting will also have an effect and no matter what i'm feeling it's going to be a dramatic improvement on the other side of that five laps in that cold pool and that's always waiting there and sometimes i'll be just hum drumming around the house and i'll look at the pool and i'll look at the pool and like oh man go do it <laughs> just go do it already you know just feel better already and simple things man yeah
1: it's the very it's the basics you know get cold mm-hmm. you know move hard
0: yeah breathe deep yeah love yourself love yourself
1: <laughs> <laughs> very it's the simple things yeah um that's something i've learned man in life the best things um this best writing is simple. The best theorems and math- mathematics are simple. Everything. When you the get that, mystical truths. Simple.
0: Simple. Like what did Ram Dass' teacher say? Be here now. Love everyone, tell the truth. That's what Ram Dass oh. says. Be here now. So Maharaji said, Love everyone, tell the truth. That was it. That was his advice. And then, you know, one of the greatest teachers of our time took that and spent his life working on doing that. <laughs> Love everyone, including yourself, and tell the truth okay go (laughs) you know not easy not easy but simple yeah but really really
1: simple living it is the work Mm -hmm. and all these things you know it's a day-to-day work living it that's
0: the work yeah so for you in your life now you're going through oh you also had a really this is kind of interesting (laughs) that you really had a really random and unbelievable medical thing happened to you, which was just kind of one of those curveballs. I remember reading in a book that Pat Riley wrote, he talked about lightning striking. Like every once in a while a lightning just strikes. You know, a player Completely gets freed, injured. Yeah. It's just a freakish thing that happened, like my car accident. Yeah. And like this experience you had. So fill people in on that because that was a that was a wild a wild yeah. curveball that the no one I threw. need it, I would say. Oh no, yeah, you weren't asking for that.
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm still recovering from it. Actually, uh, this was a little over two months ago, where I was basically almost dead on an operating table. I went in for elective surgery, and it went fine. And they were fixing uh, old injuries, some arteries that had gotten clogged, like smushed together. And next morning, as I'm getting ready to be checked out, one of the arteries I worked on, the stitches came apart, and the whole thing burst and f- at first i didn't know what was going on i was complaining to the nurses that i was in immense pain and just th- they just thought i was trying to get more pain meds and she didn't pay me any attention and it- the blood came out so fast i pulled up like a soccer ball inside my uh, my lower abdomen
0: and then it was so much pressure burst out so i want people to understand this and when i want because when i heard this story yesterday dinner I? I was like burst out so it like it like burst through the sutures from the old accident and you're like no no that's not what happened
1: no it's like an oil well like it the burst. pressure built up so much it bursts out of flesh
0: it burst through your skin
1: through through the through the fascia through the skin and started spraying everyone then i got their attention <laughs> <laughs> yeah. literally there's no better way to get attention from a medical staff in a hospital than spray blood on them <laughs> And all of a sudden, we're talking complete mayhem, screaming, running around, and like I remember one resident coming and putting his hands down and trying to just, this this Bellagio fountain of blood that was coming out, trying to hold it down. You know? They might as well put the music on. You know? It was insane. <laughs> and And what's interesting is we were talking about this because we've done, you and I have done enough plant medicine to understand surrender, right? And to understand what happens when you truly let go. Well, in trauma... Like, it's different. Yeah. It's like your primal brain kicks in. There's nothing pleasant. There's no. There was no DMT <laughs> release, man, I'll tell you that. There was nothing, this is love. You know, like, there was none of that. It was horror. It was like your brain's <laughs> yeah. not designed to see blood shooting out of your body. It's just not. It goes into, this must stop. And if it doesn't, it just has to shut off, right? Uh-huh. And I got very lucky, like immediately, the fact that I was in a hospital is the only thing that saved me. They told me like afterwards, multiple different surgeons worked on me. If I'd walked out of the hospital, I was in Uber, I was at home, or even if I was taken somewhere, they said that would have been a one-way street. It, that was lucky to just happened right before I was being discharged. Very interesting timing, right? Mm-hmm. And they just had a, a patient come into one of the ORs, and this is in a big hospital in New York City, and they just threw that person out, wheeled me in. They're wheeling me in, calling in other surgeons. There's a whole team coming in and and they wheeled, put me in the operating table. And I've been on operating table just 12 hours before. And operating rooms are strange places, man. Yeah. They're just these weird, strange uh, places. And I'm watching, you know, like people in these, um, red scrubs running around, pulling out instruments, and something in me at this point, now I've sprayed a lot of blood. I mean, if you think about it, soccer ball built up, size, that's a lot of blood, spraying blood. We're not designed to hold that much. We don't have that much blood to give uh, to get rid of, right, before we go. And I could feel myself, things in me, like starting to shut down, shut down, shut down. And then invent to like these primal emotions of, l- it was just primal emotions, images, love, fear, love, fear, love, fear. It was, that's all it was. It was just like going boom, 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 like in front of my face. You know, the woman I love, fear not being, her not being there, fear, love, this, that. And just like, and I remember the um, the anesthesiologist came and she's tried to talk to me because I think I was kind of like moving around. I was holding on to things. You're kind of like in an animal kind of mode, just sure. like survival. And and she said, tell me what she's gonna do. And I just grabbed, I just like, she was trying to put an oxygen mask on me and I just ripped it off. And I was just like, look, I don't know why. I just had to say something. I was like, I'm scared. I had to just tell someone what I was feeling. And I've mm. never felt feel like that. It was like a primal, like this is it. And and then I didn't see, but I felt it. She had these, these kind of really cool funky glasses and she, she was wearing these golden dangling earrings and then the whole scrubs and the mask and everything. And she held my hand, and it was soft. And something in me thought, okay, all right. I started to relax. And then my brain kicked in again, like the back, you know, like, the, the, sorry, the neuro the cortex, which is the front, kicked in, and something in my back of my head said, thought, looked around at all this mayhem and quiet. And I mean, the screaming happening, but I'm, inside is quiet. And what a shitty, messy way to go. <laughs> And it was just felt sadness about it. Like, a, what a shitty, messy way to go. And then, I don't know where this came from, I gave into it. Yeah. And I, I remember giving into it and just dropping back. And it was like, the, the image that I have, I don't know if my mind put in later or then. They hadn't put the other in yet. You know, they were trying to just restrain me at the time. Um, it was like falling back into an ocean, like dark ocean, just slow motion and just letting go. And I let go to that, like, okay. I remember actually looking back thinking, if this is it, this is it. And if it's shitty, messy, this is it. And to surrender to that. It was like the ultimate surrender, you know? That, But it wasn't thinking, it was just doing. And then that was it. And then I fell back and then, then they were able to like, you know, restrain me and put the IV in me and everything, give me anesthesia and put me out. And boy, it was that messy. Yeah. For sure wouldn't recommend it no it's not not an <laughs>
0: ideal situation it reminds me something and i was having a conversation here uh with my good friend and ally eric who's sitting over there and we were talking about the nature of god and the nature of the divine source whatever god has a lot of words you know a lot of associations with the word but i'm comfortable using the word god and we were talking about how god is the all color the all sound the all vibration the all everything it's everything so well the color that represents all colors is black right really like so all oh. colors combined is black
1: yeah yeah yeah. so
0: to lay back into the blackness into the ocean of blackness god's color is black it's the all color lay back That's into beautiful. god
1: i didn't thank you for telling me that yeah
0: and it's an interesting way to look at it because you think oh what's god's color i don't know blue or white it's light it's oh no no it's it's all colors it's every single color that could ever be, every hue from every palette, from everything all combined into one. At the unicity, God is black. It's it's everything. And so that laying into the blackness is really, I think, an interesting way to reframe our understanding of the divine.
1: You really just helped me there. Thank you. <laughs> you know? Of course. I've actually been thinking, because obviously I'm still healing and recovering from that experience. And I'll tell you, man, like, you know, I sound like a broken record sometimes to people, but like this love yourself stuff, it really works. Because when I came to, now I'd been through severe trauma, right? And I had to heal from that. I'd gone for, I was supposed to be in the hospital for a day and I was getting out early because I was doing so well. And now I was in there for a while. Fortunately, they fixed what broke. Because, you know, I'd, one thing I also remember telling the surgeon is, don't make me have gone through this for nothing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. fix what I came in for. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, So... But then I was in the hospital, like, in very, very helpless, vulnerable place, unable to move in insane amounts of pain, right? Just level up narcotics, which are off the charts, but still insane amount of pain. And I, my mind could have gone to why. Could I gone to the victim mode, you know, like, and I remember there were moments it would start to, and I would just go to the practice. Because I was like, through this, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm not going to let it layer, layer, um, like, victim into me. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. come, I'm gonna come out of this the hero of this. You know. I'm gonna come out of this better than I was before. And how am I gonna do that? I'm gonna start with the foundation. So I was doing that damn self-love practice through the narcotics, through the, all, the, all the pain, lying in the hospital, unable to walk, and then having, being able to walk, and then getting out of the hospital, all that, I was doing this. And it worked, man, it really, really helped. Where I was actually half the time, I'm lying in the hospital bed feeling grateful, naturally. That was arising. Why? Because I was doing this. Mm. When really, if I hadn't, honestly, I don't think I would have been feeling grateful. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, it's it's these great tests actually reveal what's at the deepest layers to a certain degree. I remember, you know, in when I got in my car accident, I knew immediately. Like like there was one of the very interesting things is, is I get in victim mode all the time. Like I'll get in victim mode over. Some trivial thing that happens in business, or some trivial thing that happens in a relationship, like, oh, why? Oh, why? but this thing where I just blacked mm-hmm. out in the middle of a car ride and crashed into a guardrail—a guardrail, a guardrail malfunction—I split my face open, woke up in the hospital, and just completely covered in blood. I remember there was not a single moment where I didn't believe that it happened for me. I didn't know why yet. I was like, and I remember saying that to to Whitney, who was there, and to everybody in my family who came, is like, hey i I know this happened for me. I just don't know why yet, but I know it. and i I felt just I felt Beautiful. that confidence from that very moment, like, I'll figure it out. yeah, but I don't yeah. know why. I don't just don't know why, but i I know it happened for me and and I stuck, and I was able to keep that through the whole healing journey of the process. Actually, it got harder. It got harder like when I was mostly healed. and then then the victim mode would come in a little bit stronger. When like, cause I still can't feel certain parts of my face. I still like can't, you know, there's things that are permanent damaged, permanent nerve damage. And they did a great job repairing a lot of the superficial stuff, but I'd be like, oh man, like I can't, I'm never going to feel my front teeth again. It's always going to be weird biting an apple or, you know, chewing something is a different experience now because my teeth are dead. My front teeth are dead. So there's no feeling. And it's like I'm wearing dentures and those things, but teeth are going to stay in it didn't pull them out or anything but they're dead there's no sensation there so it would be little moments like that where i'd be like oh man like why'd that have to happen blah 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 but that came way later in the trauma of the thing it was like absolute confidence this happened for me but then the little nagging stuff where i didn't have that force of resistance to really force me to the deepest truths then my mind would wander into the victim mode but it's interesting like in those times where you're really tested that's where you really get to know yourself. Yeah, that is the
1: truth. That yeah. is the truth. And I know, you know, my having dealt, done the self of practice on and off for the years definitely contributed to that. The work you've done contributed to the state. It's totally. when you're tested, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you, show, you see what you're made of, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then it's, you know, going about, trying to choose those tests so that the universe doesn't bring those tests yeah i'm tired ignore. of those man <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> choose different ones you Yeah. Know? choose the test of going to the gym choose the test if you're called to it of the plant medicine choose the test of the sweat lodge choose the test of going up against yourself in meditation choose these other little challenges rather than waiting for some lightning strike to come because it may come may come or may not come but you'll be more prepared for that moment the more work that you put in on the front end
1: and look when we do any of these right we're we're better fundamentally that's the best we can do is get better on the inside you know and go through life that way and always continue to be better and better and better that's the best you can do as you were told
0: yeah yeah so where where to from here man where to from here i know you mentioned yesterday you're in this kind of healing mode and and you're just really being patient with yourself and allowing yourself kind of to gracefully step into the unknown
1: yeah it's that's kind of don't have a choice and maybe that's the gift i've been given you know i was telling you um when i got to the hospital um you know so i was still an in insane amount of pain and the doc the one of the surgeons told me if anyone qualifies for narcotics it's you mm-hmm. you know like you have two multiple surgeries one of them where they literally have to go and slash me open you know to just get at. And and save me, and um, I was on narcotics for a week, and I just I went off for, I went off from cold, because I was I got the I was proof I had the proofs for the book, and I had to go through you know, and I'm obsessive about writing like every comma matters, every word matters. If it's the word doesn't is not important if I remove it, and I had to go through them, and I couldn't go through it. But narcotics at least give it what it needed. So like I had something bigger than me, mm-hmm. something that was more important than me. So like I just went off them and I was in, I was sitting there sweating in pain and going over proofs word by word, right? And, I, and I'm getting better and most of the pain is gone. It's still there, but you know, it gets better and better. And my thing is this book, like I survived, I, you know, I'd, I've written something special. I've shared something special that matters. And I almost left the planet without seeing it out. And now I've been given the gift of being here to see it out. So I, I owe it to that. I owe it, this book is bigger than me. So uh, that's that's my thing right now. Is just like as I'm healing, I'm being patient with myself. You know, letting myself just recover and have a lot of recovery time. But it's like when I can get out and share this book and share this book and share this book. That's it for now.
0: And that's what every hero needs, really. You know, that thing that's greater than themselves. And that, and we talked about that as well. Like really in every movie and every epic epic tale having that thing that you care about and love that's greater than your own selfish needs is an essential part of being the hero of your own story and it's like oh i'm not going to give up i'm not going to die i'm not going to quit i'm not going to do this yes for myself but also because there's something much greater than myself that i'm serving
1: yeah it's it's a gift man
0: yeah that's it so if, you don't, if you're out there and you don't know that you have something greater than yourself, and, and I think a lot of us are hardwired to feel that way about our kids. And I think mm. that's why having kids is such a transformed ex- experience for so many people because it instantly taps that hardwire of, oh no, this is more important than me. I mean, you talk to most parents, they'd lay down their life for their kids in an instant. It becomes something that's immediately greater. But for those of us who don't have kids, or even if we do, having something beyond that, that's always greater than yourself that you know you're serving, I mean that's how we started this podcast before we were we were recording para el bien de todos for the good of all. If that matters more than you, you know you'll always be able to default back to being the hero.
1: You'll naturally step up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That is one of the, the best gift you can give yourself is to find something bigger than you that that pulls you forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, calls out the hero within because we're all heroes. Yeah, you know, as much as we want to yeah. play victim and and play all these other different roles, that's fine. You know, it's all good if you've done that, and if you still do it, that's okay, but you're a hero. Like, don't get it twisted, everybody. Like, you are a hero. If you're listening to this right now, you are a hero. You just have to find that thing that's greater than yourself that you would not waver in your commitment to.
1: Well said. Well said, man.
0: Yeah. My brother, this has been amazing. It has. It truly has. I'm so grateful for... You for this book, for our friendship that's blossoming, and, and just I just have so much love for your journey and, and everything you've shared, man. It's, it's such a gift. No,
1: thank you, man. It's, it's a gift to me to be here and uh, to see support for this. Thank you. Yeah,
0: of course. All right, everybody, love yourself like your life depends on it. it was, you wrote a, a shortened hyphenated version of this that's got like went viral, had like thousands of reviews uh you really expounded upon it add some amazing personal stories like layered in more aspects of the practice a three-part book um that'll be coming out the week that this podcast releases so get it everywhere buy it from your bookstores buy it from the buy it from amazon buy it from where did you do the audio version of this book i did I
1: did, cool. I actually did it last month. I was standing, I did a standing up. I like to stand, I don't like to sit. And mm-hmm. I was in a significant amount of pain, but it was another thing, man. It was just like, I had to get the words out, Yeah. you know? And it's it's funny, you go through these experiences and you're, you learn what you're made of. And that also sometimes is the gift of these experiences, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful
0: book and it's a special book. So whoever's listening and gets it, you know, I hope it serves you. Yeah. And do the 10 breaths, everybody. You listen to this podcast, just do the ten breaths a day. Whoever yeah. you are, however much you think you love yourself, at least do that. You know, do the other stuff too. <laughs> you know, but at least, at least start there. Well, thank you, brother. Anything else you want to uh, you want to point to or highlight or? No, I'm just grateful to be here. Thank yeah, you. Likewise, grateful to have you. All right, so much love, everybody. Thank you so much. Peace. I hope this podcast helped convince all of you to love yourselves and know how to practice the skill of loving yourself. And that's really one of the most important things and why I think his book, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It, is one of the most important books ever written. Because not only does it explain the importance, but it also shows us all how to do it. So please check out his book. It just released and it's available absolutely everywhere on Audible, on Amazon, anywhere where you want to find this book, you're going to be able to find it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys and hopefully you love yourself a little bit more as well.